Does such a thing as a healthy organization exist? Have you ever worked in a healthy hospital, a healthy practice, or a healthy clinic? Welcome to Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dr. Gabriela Cora. Dr. Cora is president of the Executive Health and Wealth Institute, an international consulting firm based in Miami. Her expertise in crisis management and managing work and life inspired her to design a powerful program assisting executives and corporations in leading under pressure, providing for effective strategies to maximize peak performance and productivity while maximizing health and well-being. Dr. Kara is a board-certified psychiatrist, a trained mediator, and she has an MBA with a major in health administration and policy. She lectures in the School of Management at University of Miami and is also the author of Leading Under Pressure. Welcome, Gabby. Thank you very much for the invitation, Leslie. It's a pleasure. So, you know, I've worked in many different practice settings, as most of us have, and other than my own personal practice, which I think is pretty healthy, the rest have been a disaster. What do you think about organizations? Is it possible to be healthy? This is such an interesting issue for physicians. You know, we're constantly trying to help other people achieve their health. We're constantly struggling about trying to be healthier ourselves. And at the same time, many of us live in unhealthy situations or in unhealthy organizations. My take on this is that we can apply many of the special features that characterize being a healthy individual to the healthy organization. So let me go through that first, particularly with a healthy individual. If we divide it into different dimensions, what makes us healthy, we could divide it just for the exercise into the physical dimension, the emotional one, the cognitive, the social, and the spiritual dimension. And what do we mean by this? On the physical dimension, I usually talk about the four pillars of biological health. So we would include their nutrition, sleep, exercise, and relaxation. But this is also the place where the individual mission in action takes place. This is where the person can bring what is important to this person into the world. Now, the emotional dimension relates to relationships with family and friends, the way in which this person relates to someone else that is very significant to the person. The third one is the cognitive dimension of constant learning, skills training, and this is where I would bring in the vision. Where is it that the person creates the vision for their life? This is where, in my opinion, it gets started. Now, socially, what will be important is how do we relate to our community, to our organization? Do we have any kind of social support? And people may react in a very, very different way to their social uh, entourage. Spiritually, this is where I would bring in the value system. What is it that is important for the person? And this is where the value system resides. And you can add prayer, meditation, ethics issues, volunteerism, altruism, or aesthetics. This is the area, the spiritual area, would be the area where all of this part takes place. So if you thought about the healthy individual, 
you would really think about these five dimensions. And again, it's a simplistic way of trying to explain the different areas that are so important. And what I try to do then is to parallel these areas to a healthy organization. So how do we do this? Physically, a healthy organization would include a safety issues, structure, the human element that is chosen to work within this organization, and this is where the mission in action for the organization takes place. Now, can you have a healthy organization, though, if it's made up of individuals who aren't healthy? Exactly. Can you? And my take on it is not necessarily. If we're choosing people that really are bringing an unhealthy situation within the organization, then that will be an unhealthy organization. So that's where that human element becomes so key in who it is that we choose for the organization. Because out of the individual dimensions that you mentioned, you know, when I look around at meetings of my colleagues, both psychiatrists and not, especially the, the physical, those four pillars in terms of nutrition and fitness, you know, the overweight, out of shape of doc is, is sort of ubiquitous, at least in this country, that I wonder if people aren't putting that as a priority in their own lives, how could they possibly put it as a priority in the organization? Absolutely. So that's where it becomes even more problematic. If an organization wants to save a lot of money and starts hiring people that are not able to do the job or that are doing the job but they're very unhappy doing that job because they'd rather be doing something else, then that would add an unhealthy human element as being chosen for that organization, and then you have to deal with the consequences. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that would be the first dimension within the healthy organization. The second one would be the emotional dimension. And this is where I would bring the corporate culture, the openness, the trust, the feedback that is facilitated within the organization. So what does this mean? If we create a culture within a hospital setting, within our own practice setting that is open, or where you really encourage people to learn or to improve things, then you are going to be setting an emotional dimension within this organizational culture that will hopefully enable the organization in being healthy. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is Dr. Gabby Cora. We're discussing healthy organizations. So, Gabby, um, okay, we've talked about physical, emotional. Now, what else in the organization? The cognitive aspect would be, does this organization encourage training, learning, constant skill? And this is also where the organization would draw its vision. What is it that it is enabling for the future? So, for example, if you have an organization that says, we really want all our members to deliver state-of-the-art training, but that person doesn't have a day off a year to uh, pursue further training, then there's a huge inconsistency in what the organization is saying and in what it's actually doing. Mm -hmm. So that's the cognitive aspect. The social part is how does this organization relate to other organizations within the community within the environment, or with other organizations? What is the relationship? How do they network with others? Or is it an organization that really tries to maintain itself on its own and doesn't relate much with anyone else? So that would be the next point. 
And the fifth point, which is probably one of the most important ones in terms of that compatibility, is a spiritual one. This is where, where the organizational ethics, voluntarism, altruism, aesthetics, the value system of the organization is created and, and brought into life. And why is this so important? Let's say that to me it's very important to do everything in a very ethical way and that my organization is asking me to commit fraud. That would be a huge incompatibility of who I am and of what that organization is offering to me. Now, let's say one of the listeners out there has their own clinic or practice, and they'd like to maybe take the temperature of their organization to determine how healthy it is. How do you suggest evaluating this? So the first thing would be to make it very, very simple. How would you do this? What I usually do is I suggest for people to think about using a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being the very, very best, 1 being the worst they've ever experienced. And then try to score each level within the organization on the physical dimension, the emotional one, cognitively, spiritually, and or socially. So, for example, on the physical dimension, we mentioned the quality of the human element that works within the organization, that you could consider your asset. You know, this is, if it's a a practice within medicine, it would be, who's your front line? Who answers the phone? Do they answer the phone with a smile? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are, they, are they nice to the patients when they come in? Uh, are, are they pleasant? So all of that, rated from 1 to 10. The next part is the emotional dimension. And, for example, one of the things that you could rate was if I say something like, everyone has to work on life work management, but then I ask people to come in at midnight to complete a task that may not be really an emergency, then I'm really being inconsistent. So emotionally speaking, what kind of culture am I bringing into this organization? Am I saying to everyone, we appreciate feedback, but then I kind of shred it when it comes in? So that would be the second score. The third one would be cognitively. Like, are we really encouraging people to continue to learn and continuing to improve or not? And is this consistent with what we want for our organization? That would be the third component. The fourth one would be the social component. How does my organization relate to other organizations? So, for example, if I have a private office or a private practice, or this could also be a department within a large hospital setting, how does my department relate with other departments? Do we play nicely together or do we kind of compete with them all the time? Is there anything else that we can do in that respect? And if I have a private office, how do I relate with other private practices? And last but not least is the spiritual one. Are my values really nicely set? Do I need to work on that? You know, aesthetics-wise, is that something important within my organization? Do I like harmony within my organization? Is that an essential piece within the organization? As you very well know, there are some practices in which there may be one or two people who may come in and they may be grumpy or not in a good mood. And if that happens every once in a while, it's not a problem. But if that happens constantly, then that will affect the physical dimension with a human element, but it will also affect the spiritual dimension within the organization. And then how do you go about fixing all these problems we've just discovered? So what I would propose is to set up some very clear goals and start trying to achieve them by improving, achieving the goal, and maintaining it first within each one of these subsections. So, for example, if there is someone that is grumpy 
and I try to, you know, turn my head around instead of addressing the issue, then it's not going to go away. So I have to have a clear plan of what I allow and what I do not allow if I am the business owner. Is there anything that I can improve there? And then the other part that is very, very important is to try to, the aim part, it would be aligning, integrating, and maintaining a plan in which individually I'm fitting very nicely within my organizational setting. Wow. We all have our homework to do. (laughs) Thank you so much for helping us with this. I think we all can take a look not only at our individual health, but also our organizational health. Thanks again to Dr. Gabby Cora, psychiatrist and consultant. You can find out more from her website, executivehealth.com. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.